0: to church. Just a very warm welcome to those who are joining us online or or listening by podcast or whatever it would be. If you're ever in our area, we want to say just why not drop in and come to one of our services. We would love to have you here. And if our messages have blessed you in any way, do write and let us know. Church, can we say a big hello to those who are watching us wherever you are in the world? So this is the last October Fire. Can you believe November is nearly here? I mean, it's just like Christmas is just around uh, the corner, and that is happening. The year has gone so fast. But for this last October fire, uh, I want to begin in the Gospel of Matthew. And before I do that, I just want to give you some context around it. We find John the Baptist is preaching in the desert, baptizing people in water for repentance. If you're new to the Bible, repentance, it's a Bible word. It simply means just turn around in the other direction. Go around in the other direction. If you were walking this way in your sin, they were turning around and saying, I'm I'm not going to walk that way anymore. I'm going to walk in a different direction. So there was John baptizing people in the desert. And he called himself a voice. He said, I'm a voice a calling out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Meaning somebody else is coming, make straight paths for him. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, John the Baptist says, I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me, following me, coming soon to a town near you, comes one who is more powerful. Everybody say, more powerful. More powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Everybody say fire. I don't think he would have said, He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Fire. I don't think he would have, he would have said fire. So come on, sound like a black man now. Fire. Come on. Fire. Yeah, thank you very much, Down the Back. <laughs> well done. Well done. You, you win the prize today. I want to say this. We, as the people of God, we need the fire of God. You and I need the fire of God. See, it's one thing to be baptized in water for the washing of our sins. And if you haven't, you should. We're having a baptism service in a few weeks. If you haven't been baptized, well, I don't know if I'm ready for it just yet. Friend, I want to tell you, Jesus... If Jesus did it, if it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for us. It's one of the things that says, I'm gonna. I'm now a follower. I, I publicly declare, I'm now following Jesus Christ. So if Jesus, if it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for others. If you haven't, you should. Sign up after the service. But. We need more than just the baptism of John. We need the baptism of Jesus, which is the Holy Spirit and of fire. Can I hear a good amen in the church today? In fact, Jesus, towards the end of his time on earth, towards the end of his ministry, he told his disciples to wait. He said, don't go out and try anything for me. Don't go out. I, I know I've given you this commission to go into all the world and preach it, but before you do that, wait. Wait, I've got a gift for you. I want you to wait for this, this baptism of fire. In Acts chapter 1, verse 4, Jesus said, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift. And I want to tell you, it's a gift. It's a gift. It's not something you have to earn. It's not something you have to buy. It's not something, well, how much do I. No, 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 no. It's a gift. It's a free gift. Why not wait for the gift? But wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And if you know the book of Acts, we know that when the Holy Spirit fire came, everything changed. Acts chapter 2, it says this, When the day of Pentecost, cos came they were all together in one place suddenly the sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting it says they saw the 120 there they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them all of them not just some of them, not just a few of them, not just the religious professionals, just not not the preachers, not the pastors, not the not not, not the not the connect group leader. It says all. Everybody say all. all. All in the Greek means all. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as a spirit. Enabled him, and if you know the story, you know everything changed at that moment. With boldness, Peter goes out, starts preaching. Three thousand get saved that day and are added to the church. How many know that's a good meeting right there? That's a that's a good meeting. If I'd be more than I don't know where we'd put people, but that would be a good meeting in any preachers' uh, books. There, three thousand were added to the church that day. We know that that was the birth of the church. In fact, the birth of the church was done with the fire of God. The church was birthed with the fire of God touching people's lives. Can I say this? If the early disciples, if the early followers of Jesus needed the fire of God, needed the Spirit of God, how much more do you? How much more do I? How much more do we, come on somebody, need the Spirit of God at work in our lives? We need not just the baptism of John, but the baptism of Jesus, Holy Spirit, and a fire. And so I want to ask you this morning on this last week of October fire, how is your fire? How's your fire? Is it raging or is it gone a little bit? Dim, I think it's good to stop every now and then and pause for a moment and reflect, well, how is my fire? Is it enough that someone sees your, your faith and dials 111? We have an emergency here because this guy's just a little bit crazy about Jesus. Or so they go, like, oh, now, it's just a little rubbish fire. How's your fire? Tap your neighbor and say, how's your fire? Turn back to the, and say, how's yours? How's your fire? Still burning bright, still faded, maybe dim? How's your fire? See, here's what I know about fire, and I've I, I've told you this before in relation to the Trinity. I'm, I'm not going to give you a fire. Well, I might give you a fire, as long as I let them slip in. Jesus always gave his garden stories. That's the... So here's, here's one thing I know about fire. For fire to exist, you have to have three things. Three things, oxygen, fuel, and heat. It's known as the fire triangle. Without those things, fire cannot exist. You can take any one of those elements away. And if you take any one of them away, the fire will not be able to burn. You must have all these things, oxygen, fuel, and heat, so as the fire triangle, in order for fire to to exist, And I want to say this, as in the natural, so in the spiritual. I want to just look at these three elements in relation to stoking our own spiritual. Understand, we are spiritual beings. We need the spirit. And so I want to look at these three elements in relation to stoking our own spiritual fire, that it will continue to burn bright, strong, and effectively. Number one, oxygen, air. Again, I I want you to understand fire cannot or can't continue to burn without air. No air, no life, and certainly no fire. I'm sure many of you know this, but the word spirit in its original New Testament language is the Greek word pneuma. Everybody say pneuma. It actually means breath. It actually means the breath. God, When we talk about the Spirit, we're talking about the, the breath of God. God breathed life into man and He became a living being. We need the breath of God. All that to say this. If we want to keep our spiritual fire burning, it's essential that we understand the importance of the Spirit's work in doing that. We need... God's Spirit to breathe on us. We need God's Spirit to breathe in us, to work through us. Good place to say amen. Right there. Without His breath in our lives, without the Spirit's work in our lives, Christianity, to be honest, can become a chore. It becomes about rules and regulations. It becomes about, is it right and wrong? It becomes about our, our, our do's and don'ts. And Christianity is never meant to be doing it. He came that we might have life, somebody. And sometimes you, you'll meet Christians, you are talk, and, and it's like, where is the life in you? It's like they're sucking lemons or something. It's like, where is the life we should be if Christ has come? Oh, but I got problems. That's why I'm like that. Everybody has problems we we're, were to rise above it. He, we, he, he walks with us through the valley of the shadow of death that we might fear. No, we're to be above and not beneath the head and not the tail. There, there should be something in us that rises above. I know we've got problems. I know life can be difficult. And I'm not talking, I realize there are seasons in life where we, we, we get down and whatever. But it, it's, it's about, again, but if that's a continuous state, I know for some people, that is a continuous state. They live there. What a great day today. Ah, way too hot. You know, nothing's ever good enough. You've, you know people like that. You're sitting next to them. No, don't no, no, tell me. I don't know. Oh, no. But they're always living in the down kind of place. I realize there are seasons in, in people's life. but We need God's Spirit to breathe in us. Otherwise... Christianity will just become rules and regulations and do's and don'ts, and that's not what Jesus intended. He came that we might have life. His yoke is easy and his his burden is light. You know, in firefighter, they talk about a phenomenon known as backdraft, and it's when a fire is starved of of oxygen and it has heat and it has fuel, but there's no oxygen. A fire actually breathes. You'll see the smoke puffing in and out of the windows trying to get air. And of course every now and then a firefighter will open it and the air will rush in and or or they break a window and oxygen goes in and as soon as they do that the fire reignites and almost explosively. Can I just say this? Some of you here today have shut the door on the things of the Spirit. Some of you here today, you've got fuel. And you got heat. But for some reason, you've shut the, the, the door on things of the Spirit. And the Lord would say to you today, it's time to open that door again. It's time to open and let some of the, the Spirit breathe. But Bob, I know there's so much weird stuff out there. And I get that. There are there are hundreds of YouTube, if not thousands of YouTube videos of uh, preachers preaching against things of the Spirit. Saying, oh no, that was just for the, the time of the disciples. But I want to tell you what, how, how sad it is if we believe in a God who can't do miracles even today. How sad it is if we can't believe, if Jesus only worked that 2,000, if the Holy Spirit was only there 2,000 years ago. Now, I know there's weird stuff out there. But I'm saying don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Would you open your heart to the Spirit of God to allow, because we need the Spirit of God to work in our lives. I understand that the Spirit of God is not, not, not given so we can have shaky times and uh, giggly times or, you know, there is some crazy stuff out there. But I do know that when the Spirit of God touches people's life, we need it. Why? Because it helps us to be a witness. It enables us to be the ones that God has called us to be. It can take someone like 120 disciples sitting quietly in a room and change them into world changers in a moment who who see a whole turn cities upside down. And I need the Spirit of God. And some of you have closed the door. Oh, no, I don't want that. I don't want ooh, no, no. Yeah, I, I, I've got some heat. I've got some fuel. But I'm just keeping that spirit stuff out there. I would say to you today, would you open that door again? Allow the Spirit of God. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching better than you're responding. Would you allow the Spirit of God to come in and reignite the fire on the inside? Open the door. Allow God to reignite the flame. Second thing, number two, fuel. Everybody say fuel. Fuel, fire can't continue to burn without fuel. Can have oxygen, so you can have the spirit. You can you can have the heat, but if there is no fuel, the fire goes out. Sometimes you've seen recently on television. There's been uh, uh, wildfires in Los Angeles and and in Spain. Just crazy destruction all throughout as those fires have swept through. And often you'll see in, in, in big bushfires and stuff, they'll bring in the heavy equipment. They'll bring in these bulldozers and, and, and they just start carving and separating uh, all, all, all the land and just driving through the forest, knocking down every tree, clearing all the path. What are they doing? Why do they do it? Is it because they don't like trees? No, it's not because, because of that. What they're trying to do is remove fuel from the fire. When they go and clear it, you heard of a fire break. When you see a thing of fire, what's the fire break for? They're removing all fuel out of the way. In the hope that they can put out the fire. Because the fireman knows no fuel, no fire. Fuel represents to me vision and purpose. Vision and purpose. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. They perish. They're gone. The the, the fire's out. Where there's no vision, where they, where people can't see what God has called them to. When people don't have a picture or a glimpse of that which God is calling them to, they perish. Where do we get vision and purpose from? Well, we've talked about it earlier in this year. We we don't make up our own. We get it from God's word. His word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And we get vision and purpose from God's word. What is That, well, it's important that you understand this, friends. I heard Jedediah say this. God didn't just save you from something. He saved you for something. I'll say it again. God didn't just save you from something. He saved you for something. God didn't just save you from death, but he saved you for life. Can I hear a good amen? He didn't just, oh, man, you're out of trouble. No, no, he saved you for something, not just from death. He saved you for life. God didn't just save you from sin, but he saved you for righteousness. He who knew no sin became sin for us. Why? That we might become not just old sinners saved by grace, but that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. You're not just saved for, from sin. You're saved for righteousness God didn't just save us from something he saved us for something so although we are grateful and I am grateful and thank God for what he saved us from we need to be just as aware as disciples of Christ as to what he saved us for can I hear a good amen Amen. can I say this you and I listen are not saved for church Jesus was not nailed to a cross whipped 39 times beaten mercilessly had his beard ripped from his face so you and I could go to church for an hour and a half on a Sunday morning and sing nice songs We are safe for purpose Where do we find purpose in the word of God that's our fuel what is our purpose? Well, it's the great commandments and the great commission. We've talked about it. We're to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And to love people. To love our neighbor as ourselves. That means as I look after myself, so I should look after my neighbor. Purpose, great commandments. The Great Commission, what is that? The Great Commission is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. To go into all the world and make disciples of every nation. It's called the Great Commission because it's no small task. It's a call to reach nations. a call not just to reach lives here, but to reach lives everywhere. Well, sometimes as I work in my role and... as as a leader of New Life Churches, sometimes I just think, oh man, this is just too hard. I I, I do. I I honestly sometimes don't, don't tell anybody about it. Sometimes I, yeah, yeah. you ever felt like quitting? I mean, I, 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 I sometimes feel like quitting because it, it's too hard. But then I get a pitch, I get some fuel, and I start to see if, if we can impact people's lives. If uh, I can't be everywhere, but I can be somewhere. But if we can somehow as a church have influence into all those 83 churches and those thousands of people and see lives turned around and change i got testimonies from our conference just recently and just one one uh, uh, church wrote to us and said our whole sunday service has changed because of that we've had testimonies of redeemed from suicide drug addiction and stuff just to, come on some of you should get excited about that because of what god is doing i can't be everywhere but i can be somewhere but he has called us it's a big task I want to tell you, friends, this gospel that we're following, it's not about me. He's not. We, we, we use that term, personal Savior. No, he's the Savior of the whole world. For God so loved the whole world. He doesn't just love you and your family. He loves your neighbor that you don't like. He loves that other person across the road who annoys you when they start up their lawnmower. So really, he even loves them. Tap your neighbor and say, he's kidding, right? Is He, is he, is that he really does love that lawnmower guy. Yes, he does. We need to get a bigger picture. God did not just save you to go to church. To do church and sit and stare at people's, the back of their head while listening to a phenomenal sermon, no doubt. But that's not what we're saved for. We're saved for purpose. This is just the equipping arena. This is just where I'm trying to stir you up to go, man, we've got some, come on, somebody should get excited. Uh, This is where I'm trying to stir you up to make a difference in the world. We've got to get a picture of God's heart for the world. And and the sense of God's call should fuel everything that we do, as it has done for men and women throughout the ages. Men like John Wesley, the great evangelist, he he, he was just single-minded. He said, you should have one business on earth to save souls. He said, give me 100 preachers who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God. Such alone will shake the gates of hell. Just 100. There's 100 here. Oh, give me 100 preachers, somebody who will go out and make a difference. And That's why I love what Sam and Natalie and evangelism team does. They're going out. They're they're probably freaking out as they go. But God's using them. But here's the thing. He's the same God who will use you also. John Wesley, of course, was known as a fiery preacher and asked him, what's your secret? And he says this, I just, I just catch on. When I'm preaching, I just catch on fire and others will love to come and watch me burn. How's your fire? How's your fire? You're fueled by God's vision for the lost and those far away from God. That was, that's, that's what kept John Wesley going, how about you? You're not just saved to attend church. That's right. So for a fire to exist we need oxygen, We need, which is the spirit, we need fuel, which is the word, vision and purpose, and we need number three, heat. Everybody say heat. You know when a firefighter arrives at a fire, one of the first things he does is get the wet stuff on the hot stuff. That's so why they say, get the wet stuff on the hot stuff. They get water on that fire as soon as possible because they, they they know this. The more water they can get on it, the sooner they can quench the fire. What does water do? Water simply just does one thing. It removes heat. It removes heat. Because you can have fuel, you can have oxygen, but heat if heat is gone, the fire will go out. That's what water does. And Joshua says, 24 verse 15, the people of Israel were faced with a, with a choice to follow God or not to follow God. And so Joshua is standing there before his people and he says in 24 verse 15, he says, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He said, choose this day. Why this day? Because this day is the only day you have. Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow's still to come. Only this moment, only this day is the day that you have where you can choose to serve him and make a difference. The Hebrew word for day there, and I've preached on this many years ago, but the Hebrew word for day there is the word yom. Everybody say yom. Yom, Yom, and it means to be hot. To be hot. God's calling them at this choice and this day to to, to live a life hot for God. To increase the heat of their fire. We're called to be ones who would live life hot for Him. God desires each day that we should be hot for Him on fire for them. I know people use that as a, you know, ooh, he's hot. Why wouldn't they say that about us as we follow Jesus? I and mean, they're not a the different kind of heart. Come on, somebody. Yeah, right. We need to have a different kind of heart. Yeah. Doesn't happen to me much. People don't say that. <laughs> I know. But that's next week's message taking control of your life. And <laughs> but God desires each day that we would live hot for a minute. Listen, friend, this should not be the exception to the rule. This should be. The rule that we live passionately on fire for Jesus. This shouldn't be the, 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 the exception. This should be normal. Paul said to the disciples of Romans 12, verse 1, he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. That's pretty serious. A living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is, listen, your outstanding service. No, no, no. It, it, which is your what service? It's on the board there. You can look at it. What, what, what service is it? It's your reasonable service. It's not like, wow, you're, oh, you're serving on that team. You're so amazing. And, and, and no, no, no. It's your reasonable service. You should serve. You should serve. You should be a part of a team. You should be part. It's just your reasonable service. Ah, oh, well, I just don't chat. No, no, no. No, no. That, 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 that is not normal. Normal, reasonable service is one who is a person who is living as a living sacrifice, holy, who is saying to God, I, "I give up everything to serve you, whatever whatever it takes." That's reasonable service. That's what. Don't don't blame me. I didn't write it. The God wrote it. Don't get mad at me. So when I come and say, "Hey, come on, let's let's step up, team. Let's move into." I'm just asking you for your reasonable service. Turn to the person next to you and say, I love this guy. (laughs) Amy Carmichael, the great missionary to India, said this. Who built orphanages and so on so many years ago, said this. When I consider the cross of Christ, how could anything I do be called a sacrifice? That's right. That's right. When I consider the cross of Christ, how could anything I do be called a sacrifice? A sacrifice. Yeah. I encourage you today to keep on burning bright, to choose this day to to to, yom, to be hot, to live, to live hot, to be passionate about the things of God. See, here's the thing. You can be passionate about many things. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you, you know, there, 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 are, there are hobbies. There are things you might do. You can be passionate about m- many things. Nothing wrong with that here's what William Carey, another famous missionary to India, said this. He said, I'm not afraid of failure. I'm afraid of succeeding at things that don't really matter. Are we living for eternity? Are we living for the now? Are we living, friends, I, I want to tell you, when, when you die, we leave it all behind. behind. Moth and rust destroyed. Only that which we've done for God will last. Yeah, I'm not afraid of failure. I'm afraid of succeeding at things that don't.